Welcome to episode 16 of A Kenny For Your Thoughts podcast, the podcast where we've seen Bird Box on our Instagram and Facebook feed all week. Brandon, where are you right now? I don't know. It's kind of dark in here. I can't really see what's going on. Uh, maybe we should take these off. Oh my God, I see you. Like, I guess you're my deepest, darkest fear, Brandon. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Brandon's fallen out. We, we didn't even start the podcast yet. His headphones are going all over the place. <laughs> you all right there, Brandon? <laughs> all right. Let's do this. <laughs> hey, look. Sometimes you just got to make do with what you have even if it's not the best equipment in the world. Kind of like a little wrestling company that we're going to talk about today. Isn't that right, Brandon? ECW. E-C-fucking-W. Anything goes on this episode of the podcast, Brandon. All profanity, everything, because we have to stay true true to form to ECW. So about ECW, um, here we're going in, I guess what late 2000s ecw is seemingly going under um what was the deal with that what 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 ended up happening ultimately yeah so let's let's catch everybody up without you know giving you the whole entire history of ecw uh we want to kind of focus on the one night stands and the resurgence of ecw um you know to bring us up to speed ecw uh if you listen to the invasion episode ecw had gone out of business in early 2001 um they were now owned by the wwe um basically bad financial decisions brandon um ecw was not ever a company that was managed well paul Heyman, as big a creative genius as he is uh, i think everyone uh it basically has said you know he wasn't good with the money he wasn't didn't know how to manage it well. Now, were they having trouble getting like a TV deal or something? And was there like a chance maybe had they gotten a TV deal, they could have kept going? I think so. Um, Paul Heyman does say this in the 2004 ECW Rise and Fall of ECW DVD um, that he believes that if they were able to secure a TV deal, uh, they would have still been in existence, you know, to this day. Uh, and at the time, it was 2004 uh, when that DVD came out. Um, you remember, TV deals were a big deal back then. You know, you didn't have streaming services and things like that. You you needed sponsors, um, TV deals, and just a way to show your show. Ratings. I mean, I, ratings. Ratings were everything back then. And uh, I really think ECW was a little bit uh, too ahead of its time. I really think in today's day and age, EC something like ECW would have really thrived um, because you don't necessarily need a TV deal. You can get your name out there uh, by other platforms. I mean, look at us. We're a small little podcast. And, you know, back in those days, how, could we have launched a platform like this? No. You know, so we there's room for the little guys now. And not to say ECW was as small as us, but, you know, Definitely, definitely feel like it was ahead of its time. Do you still think ECW works now? You know, now that you got sort of, you know, MMA and stuff, do you think uh, ECW can sort of be as big, you know, maybe as the WWE in the current climate? No. Like, is there a uh, fan base for that? 
sadly no and that's only because and i feel like i'm about to bash society right now but uh ecw is so um not politically correct that i think it could not exist in today's world um if you look back at some of the storylines they did there was a lot of profanity there was a lot of men hitting women um there was a lot of things that are very taboo and no no um i don't think ecw you know all the tv deals and that stuff aside i don't think what they offered could have existed in any other time but the 90s we had things like jerry springer um shock tv um i think that was the reason ecw was given uh, a chance to shine but even then they were underground you know they were underground uh today everything is so mainstream that uh you know the focus negative press would be on them so quick if they were doing some of those things whereas with back then they were kind of able to get away with it because sometimes it'd be shown at 2 a.m on a saturday night you know all right so let's let's uh, fast forward here then so ecw is out of business or wait, wait, guess- let's, oh yeah i think i think we're going we're going right into the meat and potatoes so quick you know oh, okay. we're, we're going right into the one night stand we need a little more foreplay Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so let's back up a little bit. Maybe we should talk about our sponsors, Brandon. I'm sitting here drinking a nice cup of Ethos coffee to get me going, to get me in the ECW mood. So I just want to remind everybody, use code don't sleep to get 10% off at ethosroasters.com. That's addition to uh, free shipping on orders over $35. Yeah, we really appreciate the Ethos, but uh, do you think we're going to get any other sponsors? It's funny you mentioned that, actually. I have a Christmas present for you, Brandon. Happy late Christmas, because we actually do have a second sponsor now. Uh, Two sponsors? (laughs) Two sponsors, bro. Our friends over at WrestleCrate. If you don't know what WrestleCrate is, it's a monthly reoccurring service uh, that delivers a crate full of hand-picked pro wrestling items to your door. Uh, That's available for as low as $14.99. Or you can do the full package for twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, we're about to get our first Russell Crate actually, so I'm super excited to see what they have to offer. But if you'd like to get your first Russell Crate, please use code Save a Kenny, kind of like Save a Penny, kind of a penny for your thoughts, a Kenny for your thoughts. Get it, guys? <laughs> so use code Save a Kenny for twenty percent off your first Russell Crate. Brandon, if you don't use the code, I might kill you. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm getting my own personal crate. And no, I'm no. getting some Ethos coffee swag. No, no, soon. I'm getting, I'm getting them. My, I, my name's on the codes. Wait, I thought it was like you're gonna send stuff, and then you know I would use it and be like, yeah, this is cool. No, well, I, I had to legally agree not to give you uh, anything. They told me that, look, it's your code, your Russell crate. Uh, don't let that other dude use any of our items because the, the debauchery he says on the podcast, we don't want to be associated with that. Uh, I'm dragging the show down. Yes. Keep the sponsors away. Right. You're, you're like ECW. Like the sponsors don't want to go to you. They don't want, they don't want to be associated with this extreme product that you have to offer, which segues, <laughs> which segues us back right, right into ECW, Brandon. So ECW, you had a question before I rudely interrupted you. Yeah, so I was saying, all right, let's we'll, we'll move ahead a little bit here. Um, ECW, I guess, is out of business now. Uh, I guess seemingly now WWE is sort of buying up everybody. Uh, so they, <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> it just makes so, it seem like they're just 
buying everybody to buy everybody. They they literally their competitions died and they had the opportunity to scoop them up, you know. Like Brandon, if 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 you died, I would go raid your closet and take all your clothes. <laughs> does, it, right. does it mean I took advantage of you? No. Yeah, I guess not. I, I would don't know back, if you want I would take I back the swag that was given to you from the Russell crate. I, that I haven't gotten yet. So right. Yeah, so I need to get some swag actually first from Russell Crate and from Ethos Coffee so that Kenny can take it from me later. Right. It's it's all full circle, Brandon. But anyway, you were saying, my friend. So yeah, so they're done. Um what what's going on here? How does how do they end up getting their own sort of pay-per-view sponsored by WWE? How does this end up happening? So you and me are perfect examples of why it ended up happening. And what I mean by that is, Brandon, we were, what, 15, 16 in 2004. Um, we were full of testosterone and, and, you know, liking our hardcore wrestling, the Attitude Era. We missed all of that stuff. <clears throat> so if you remember, I'll give you a specific example. Do you remember me and you used to go to uh, Citrus Park Mall where they used to have FYE? And yeah, they would have yeah. all the WWE DVDs laid out there. Oh, yeah. Okay. What happened so, to FYE, man? They're all gone. FYE, Sam Goody. They, yeah, they're they're all gone because wow. at, this, at this form, everything's been uh, cannibalized into streaming services. We don't need that anymore. But, you know, there was, you can't, if you didn't live that kind of thing, ECW included, if you didn't live that kind of uh, form of entertainment, I don't, I don't think you'd understand. Like, it was so cool to walk around the mall and then, like, have $20 and we'd run into FYE to go check if there was new WWE DVDs. And I specifically remember we, we drove out there. I think you were driving at the time. I don't think I was yet. Um, or we got dropped off. I don't know. But anyway, we went into FYE and they had the ECW we there somehow. We damn it. We trekked <laughs> there somehow. And, uh, we went to FYE and they had the rise and fall of ECW DVD and i bought it and how many years did we watch that dvd just like on and off like every couple days we'd be watching the rise and fall of ecw oh yeah we watched that one quite a bit exactly so did everyone else so you so you ask why ecw ended up having a one off pay-per-view it's because of the sales of that dvd so basically they saw you know holy crap there's still a market you know, for ECW. Um, I think the worst thing, in my opinion, the worst thing that happened at ECW was that they lost their funding and they went out of business at the same time WCW did. Because if they had just hung in a little bit longer to me, when WCW went out of business, ECW would have become a clear second in the business. Dude, that's, that's crazy to think about, you know, maybe ECW... <laughs> As crazy as it was becoming, you know, number two, I guess maybe at the time it, it could have worked out. Um, like you said, I don't know about now, but certainly back then. Uh, so who ends up coming up with the idea of, hey, we're, let's do a ECW theme pay-per-view? According, according to the tale, uh, it was Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam, who had actually approached Vince McMahon with the idea of doing a, a, um, a ECW pay-per-view and, you know, went in and basically said, look, you know, the sales are as good as they are on the DVD. Why not just do a reunion show? 
and uh, twisted his arm a little bit more. And I'm sure there's a lot more behind the scenes to that. I'm sure Paul Heyman was involved. I'm sure some other people. And, you know, they had a lot of ECW guys on the roster. And then Vince decided, well, damn it, we'll do an ECW pay-per-view. One night stand. You know, so. uh, Dude, one night stand. It's just, to this day, it's still one of those pay-per-views that just makes me scratch my head. And and I mean that in the best way possible because it's like, I can't believe that actually happened. Dude, I I know it's crazy going back, you know, watching it uh, now, you know. It's just sort of comparing the energy and the heat that was in that building that night, and you know, to the, and you know what was going on, the storylines to you know what we're watching in the current product. Um, it's just crazy. And then to like think, you know, this is the WWE sort of production. They sort of just let these guys go yes. do their thing. It's like wow, you know, like what yeah. happened with that? And sidebar for a second. Again? Right. Sidebar for a second. I think I told you this, um, you know, when it got announced that they were doing an ECW pay-per-view, um, I think a lot of people uh, who were not affiliated with WWE was like, oh, great. WWE is going to ruin ECW. They're not going to put on a good show. It's going to be WWE produced. They kind of went in with low expectations. So another group of people, and it escapes me who actually did the event. I want to say Shane Douglas. Um they actually did an event a, a week, a couple of weeks before, if not a week before ECW One Night Stand called Hardcore Homecoming. Um, people like the Sandman, Raven, um, guys who were uh, contracted to TNA actually performed on this event. Um, and they were basically like, we're going to do ECW justice. We're going to do we're going to do a real reunion show before WWE does theirs and ruins it. How wrong they were, because wwe let ecw be authentic and i will say without a shadow of a doubt that one night stand was way better than hardcore homecoming mm-hmm. um even even down to the little things like they they had joey styles at hardcore homecoming because they were like oh well wwe's not going to pick up joey styles for commentary and then of course last minute they signed joey styles you know they're like yeah we're gonna have joey styles and commentary of course well yeah we're gonna have it in the hammerstein ballroom i think one thing that to even point out i knew it was going to be a good show the minute the production you know the the cameras started rolling and there was no wwe logo in the left corner as soon as i saw that i said this will be an authentic ecw show i had no doubt after that that's absolutely crazy yeah let's let's talk about it a little bit so if they get into the Hammerstein Ballroom, which I guess, you know, this is sort of a main ECW sort of show ground, you know, where they, where they have events. They get they get people in there. It's it's packed to the rafters. All these people in there, they're just going nuts, you know, chanting the ECW. Um, and then the show starts, man. You got Joey Styles coming out, all emotional. The, the crowd is just jacked. Um this is crazy. Like, like, what did you think about that? I'm going to turn this on you for a second before I give my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. You you were not uh, a fan of the original ECW, right? Like, it's not a product that you you got to watch, right? Uh, I remember bits and pieces of it. I remember, it, you know, it had that sort of underground thing uh, going for it. So I didn't get to see as much of it coming up. So some of it was new to me, but I'd seen and heard a little things about it here and there uh coming up through the years okay so that being said what did one night stand mean to you when you watched it 
Well, for me, when I watched it, it was cool because then I, I, I got to get a taste of sort of that. Uh, I want to say that that like indie sort of feel and like energy, uh, like the like young adult male, just testosterone driven like craziness, all, all sort of packed in. That I guess was sort of like that at most of the ECW shows. Um, now I get to see this, you know, again on a, a pay per view. Right, uh, it was crazy. Yeah, it made me emotional, and I know that's weird to say. Uh, but it made me emotional to see ECW get recognized in a way that I don't think they had gotten before that. Um, ECW never really got credit for their role in the wrestling business. Uh, I think Paul Heyman says it best on the DVD. He says rock was all about poison and Motley Crue. And then here comes Nirvana and bam, they shake things up. And they completely changed the scene. And like Motley Crue, I keep wanting to say Motley Crue's, by the way. That's to tell you that. Yeah, that's why I keep stuttering there because I want to talk about Motley Crue's. Um, <laughs> Square circle, circle, circle. It's squared circle or not. <laughs> um, but, you know, like like Motley Crue and, uh, and Poison and stuff, times need to change. And you know, there was so much hokiness going on in wrestling and ECW came in and they completely changed the guard. You know, I was watching the DVD back and sometimes you forget that, you know, you, you know, these moments that happened in ECW and you know, these moments that happened in the WWF, but then you start to realize that these moments happened at the same time. And it's so weird. And what I mean by that is like, you know, the time that Bret Hart was on the come up, is when ECW was doing the triple threat matches with Terry Funk and all this realism and talking about gimmicks and this, and you go, wait, they were talking about stuff like that when WWF was in its hokiest time, in their most cartoon-esque time. And so, again, you start to match up the timelines, even you know being as old as I am now and how far gone we are from ECW, and I'm like, man, it's crazy to think about those timelines matching up. You know... The, the word extreme is not just the fact that they were, you know, doing violent things. It's the fact that they were doing things that were very taboo in the business at a time where the business was a lot more protected than it is. Uh, it was, you know, um, or it is now, I should say. And uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to, to watch it back. Right. And so and also so that also played a big part in sort of driving the WWE into changing their product up. Yeah. And ECW doesn't get enough credit for, for starting the attitude era. ECW Brandon started the attitude era. Your favorite era of wrestling uh, was made by a company that primarily ran out of a bingo hall. (laughs) You know, um, ECW, you know, goes back to the point I was making before. Uh, they knew they weren't the biggest company. They didn't. They knew they couldn't put all the lights on in the building, and they knew they couldn't present their product with big flashy screens. So what they did was they presented the best wrestling they possibly could. They decided to go a route that people hadn't gone before, which was to act on human emotion. And that's when I, when I think extreme championship wrestling, it's it's the emotion that they brought on you was was extreme. You know, Tommy Dreamer getting hit by a kendo stick. 
stick. And, and it wasn't called a kendo stick, by the way. Uh, Paul Heyman decided to call it a Singapore cane because what was going on at the time? Uh, Michael Fay, an American teenager, had committed some sort of crime. I don't remember the exact details, but his punishment was he was supposed to be caned in Singapore. So Singapore cane. And you had a storyline where Tommy Dreamer lost a match and was going to get caned by the Sandman afterwards. <laughs> it, right. And it wasn't so it wasn't about the fact that he was going to be caned in the back. It was again, it was playing off of the media. It was playing off of current events, uh, emotion. So Tommy Dreamer gets hit like once or twice and the place erupts to like, ah, yeah, like, oh, like, oh my God, this is awesome. Kind of like you would like when in the attitude era, when somebody gets hit with something, but then he gets hit a third time. And he gets hit a fourth time and you start seeing the welts on his back and you start seeing him bleeding and you start looking at the front row and there are women crying. There are men telling him to stay down. There are kids shocked. So now it becomes an emotional thing where it's like, Tommy, stay down. And Tommy Dreamer was a pretty boy at this time and a completely different character, like a, like a baby face, baby face, <laughs> white meat, baby face. And, uh, you know, he's getting caned and everyone's telling him to stay down. He's like, thank you, sir. May I have another? And that completely changed Tommy Dreamer's character that night. That That's how he became the Tommy Dreamer that we know and love now. Dude, this is absolutely ridiculous. So we get we get to this match. This is now happening. We got WWE is doing an ECW pay-per-view show. Um, the crowd is just absolutely nuts. They're just chanting ECW, ECW this, you know. Um, let's get into the, the actual card itself, man. Uh, right. What did you think about this this card build, the setup, who they were able, how they were able to bring certain people in uh, for the show? You know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of expectations. I, I don't know. Like I again, even though like I was starting to get, this, it was starting to get better. I was still like, oh, I hope they don't screw it up. Um, and again, I give you a little sidebar here. Um, I used to watch ECW when I was like nine years old. Uh, you know, I used to sneak downstairs at 2 a.m. and watch it. I wasn't really allowed to watch ECW because my parents were like, oh, that's the real one. You can't watch it. <laughs> um, I was in England when One Night Stand 2005 was happening. And uh, so time difference, five hours ahead. Um, it was kind of cool because everybody had gone to bed. I snuck downstairs and, you know, two in the morning, I'm watching ECW. And I think that's part of why I got emotional because it was like, I'm watching ECW in the same manner uh, that I did when I was little. Uh, so brought, uh, brought back a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, and so let, let's talk about the card, you know, let's get right into it. Uh, talk about nostalgia. The, the first match was Lance Storm uh, against Chris Jericho. And that's like, that's when I really completely was like hooked on the event because when that storm comes out, they show clips of the impact players, uh, which is just incredible. And Lance storm, he comes out with Don Marie. Um, and then Chris Jericho comes out in his Lionheart Chris Jericho outfit from ECW. Lionheart. Then, yeah. Once I saw the outfits and everything, I was like, Oh man, like they're going, even the wrestlers are like just putting their all into it. And they're, you know, I know Chris Jericho used break the walls down. And I remember at the time, like on the internet, people were like, why didn't he use like his ECW song? Can't use that stuff. That's all like they were illegally using mainstream music <laughs> like ECW. You can't do that. That's like the one thing they couldn't do. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, they come out. They have. They might have had the match of the night. Uh, it, it maybe the second best match of the night, which I'll save what I thought was the best match. Um, but yeah, man, the the atmosphere. They completely kicked off the pay per view. Lance Storm had kind of retired at that point, and this was his like swan song. Um, wow. Yeah, so people forget that, but he had quietly retired essentially, and then uh, you know he won this match by cheating, which was really funny. <laughs> right, it's a win of the match by cheating, and then we get we go on to the second match where we have Super Crazy, uh, and the, the F. Oh, sorry, Super Crazy to Jerry, uh, Mikey Ripwreck, uh, Sinister Mister, Guido. No, you're forgetting the match. So it was a three-way dance, as they called it in ECW. They didn't call it a triple threat. It's a three-way dance between uh, Little Guido, Maritato, Tajiri, and um, Super Crazy. Now, Tajiri came out with the Sinister Minister and Mikey Whipwreck. Um, That actually upset me because I thought they should have done something with Mikey Whipwreck to kind of show you know because he was a big part of early ecw i know later on he became the weird character but uh early on people people forget how important mikey whipwreck was you know he was a young teenage kid who didn't have a lick of offense in his match and ended up winning the tag team titles and then going on and winning the world title he was definitely the blue collar character that that worked his way up um and you know he his finisher was uh, something that might look familiar to wrestling fans. It was called the Whippersnapper. Uh, it was a Stone Cold Stunner. Where do you think Stone Cold pretty much got it from him? Um, nice. Stone Cold did had a storyline with Mikey Whipwreck in '95, way before he was doing the Stone Cold Stunner. So I mean, it's a callback to his career, you know. So a lot of people, if you didn't see ECW, might be missing out on a lot of intricacies and little things on characters. Stone Cold Steve Austin being one of them. He was in ECW and. You know, it was the first time I heard him say, and that's the bottom line. He said that one of his promos, you know, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, one of the standouts in this match was uh, super crazy. And uh, isn't this maybe one of the matches that got ended up getting him signed over the WWE? Yeah. I don't know if he was signed already or if this is the match that got him signed, but uh, he was no pun intended, but he's crazy talented. Uh, it was very obvious. He came to play in this match. Uh, I've super crazy was always great in ECW and he was good in the WWE after, but I don't think I've, I think this was his peak was one night stand 2005. He came out looking like a star in that match. He did, you know, the balcony dive, what that he was famous for. Um, but just the presence he had in that match i think we we ran it back the other day and i do you remember like it just looked it's crazy how he came across in that match oh yeah no he, he definitely was the showcase of the match man yeah it was insane the stuff that he's hitting in the match it was awesome he picks up the win yeah and, he was, uh, yeah so oh, sorry. fluid go ahead i'm sorry Oh no no yeah, yeah. like you were saying he, he was so fluid and just like the, the spots he did the crowd was you know going nuts the ECW chance when he you know hits the dive off the balcony yeah man and uh, then a couple weeks later he comes out with the Mexicools on a lawnmower <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I mean wouldn't wouldn't you wouldn't you just have your spirits 
crushed after that. He <laughs> <laughs> put in all this work in favor of you and have you come out a lot more. I mean, I guess so. Maybe it could have worked out, you know. Uh, it the, the biggest thing I remember about the Mexicals is uh that first promo, I think it was psychosis. He goes, You you call that Mexican limo 2005. <laughs> I was like, uh, like I get their characters, I think were supposed to say, like, you know, this is the stereotypical way you see us, but we're gonna rise up and overcome and you're gonna work for us. But right. like the way it came across, I think because they couldn't convey their promos well and stuff, it just came it almost like buried them worse. If that makes <laughs> sense, you know what I mean? Like like Hoovy wasn't a strong enough leader for that group. And right. then he ended up, you know, getting fired anyway. So yeah, speaking of uh, psychosis, he's in the next match with Rey Mysterio. Yes. Uh, something I pointed out to you, and I, I stand by this fact. Psychosis comes out with his classic mask, and he tears it off, and he throws it. And on paper, what he was doing was something that a lot of Mexican wrestlers wouldn't do. He, he was showing the crowd respect. Because it, it said a lot for him to come out in his mask and then take it off to show respect to the fans. But this is an ECW crowd. <laughs> and you could almost hear the air go out of the arena when you took the mask off. Because they were like, you bastard, we wanted to see you wrestle with the mask on. <laughs> and I think... I like, got heat for not wrestling with the mask on. Yeah, he, I think that took the, the, the wind out of everyone's sails. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Um, and... I know I'm right because halfway through the match, they start chanting, put the mask on, put the mask on. <laughs> and so I think it was it Mick Foley says, uh, who was commentating, says something like, are they calling him ugly? And I don't think it was that they were calling him ugly. It's again, they wanted to see the luchadors, how they remembered the luchadors back in 94 when they came to the States. Uh, they wanted to see the mask. They didn't want to see psychosis wrestle without the mask. Uh, you know, Rey Mysterio came out with the mask, they were happy, you know. So, right, uh, I think that even though he didn't intend it to be that way, I do think that ruined the match in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's serious, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but uh, it was well, yeah. And then, uh, another cool thing about this pay per view is you know, right after this, you end up having. WWE guys yeah. come out into the Hammerstein ballroom and it's like, oh, what's going on here? And the fans are just going nuts, man. They're just like, Yo, fuck <laughs> yeah, you, they... fuck these guys, all of these the, faces. You and it's like, what the hell? And I want to talk about that because I feel like at the time, a lot of people were shitting on that because they were like, you see, WWE has to ruin everything. They have to put WWE guys in there. Uh, in my opinion, it couldn't have been executed any better. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, because the way they did it was not like, oh, the WWF guys are coming, uh, you know, and getting the upper hand. You know, they did it in such a way to like, I just think it was ingenious. It made the EC, it made ECW look so much better than it was. So these guys are saying ECW is trash. We're going to go to the event because we don't want this garbage associated with us. Well, it put eyes on the event because they were like, okay, th these guys are going to go fuck this event up. 
And so they show up, and I think they showed up in groups of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they showed up in a, a SmackDown group and a Raw group, and then they oh, yeah. commingled together. Um, no coincidence, first of all. Uh, who was the first group to show up? So the first group was SmackDown, right? JBL had just talked so much trash about, uh, trash about ECW. Not only that, uh, you got Kurt Angle in that group. Kurt Angle, which, you know, if a lot of people haven't don't know, uh, Kurt Angle was actually going to go to ECW in 1998 or so mm. and wrestle a couple matches or work something out. Well, he shows up to an event, sits in the crowd, and then this angle happens, no pun intended, this, this angle happens where uh, Raven uh, crucifies essentially the Sandman, ties him to uh, a cross with barbed wire. And it's the only time in ECW history that people actually just gasped and stopped and said, no, this is way too offensive. <laughs> serious. Like they got all this crazy crap going on. They the got all that stuff, get, but like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that just crossed the line. Yeah. And it, know, it was the only time in ECW history that Paul Heyman made a performer go out, Raven, and apologize to the crowd. And Raven says, uses his real name in the apology. He says, since you, you know, you respected uh, Scott Levy in his private time, I'm going to respect you all. And I just want to say I'm sorry and walks out. Well, Kurt Angle sees this in the crowd gets up and he walks out and he says, if you're, if I'm associated with that, if I'm shown on TV, uh, you're going to hear from my attorneys and never shows up again. So let's fast forward. Kurt Angle is invading ECW. Perfect. Perfect. Because you know, in kayfabe and in real life, he doesn't like ECW, you know, at the, at least at the, that time. Um, and he mentions that in his promos, which by the way, again, let's talk kayfabe. I don't know who did the creative for this, but it's, yeah ingenious joel gertner comes out and he comes out he's the quintessential stud muffin he says all this sleazy crap right so he goes up there with a microphone in the balcony he's like well 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 and he's about to interview like one of them or do some sleaze and then jbl i think or kurt angle took the microphone and jbl pushes him to the ground <laughs> just just that little thing i love the fact that in K there was a kayfabe explanation for why these guys had a microphone right and, you know <laughs> i feel like yeah, in a normal wwe event they would just had one in their pocket and they pulled one out but at an ecw event somebody somewhere might maybe paul Heyman said look we got to find a reason for them to get a microphone up there they can't just walk in with a microphone and uh, yeah. they found one and then Krango cuts a promo and says you know last time i was in ecw i walked out halfway because it sucked <laughs> you know, and he, yeah, obviously, you know, he's talking about the when the Sandman was crucified, you know, the crowd's just eating it up, trying to shut yeah. the fuck up, you know, when JBL's talking. Oh, man. Yeah. And if uh, anybody, if, if you guys have a chance or are able to go back and actually watch this segment, I mean, it's definitely worth, worth the rewatch. I mean, JBL and Kurt Angle are just so damn good. And, uh, during the segment, JL uh, just having his stitches. He's like, you know, I, I could be wrestling his bingo hall, you know, like cut myself all up, but he's like, I'm above that, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm, he's like, I'm a wrestling god. And he's just going off, man. And like, just the intensity in, in, in their promos was just like amazing. Yep. Yeah. You don't see that now. It was like, it's like yeah. real heat. And um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny at the time me you know myself included a lot of people were like well why the hell is bradshaw in the main event freaking you know bradshaw from the apa 
And then you go back and you watch things like this and you go, how, how many guys could have generated the heat that JBL generated by saying the things that he was saying? He was like, oh, yeah. you know, he just ran down the bingo hall and Paul Heyman run. Like he just goes off. And like I said, with, without going into too much of it, go watch it back because the crowd is just absolutely completely livid at yeah. everything he's saying. And then the best part about it, you know, they have uh, Rob Van Dam interrupt. And if RVD. anybody, if anybody doesn't remember what was happening with RVD at the time, you know, he was a guy who was probably the greatest guy to never be WWE champion at the time. He was a guy that you knew should have been WWE champion for the last four years, should have at least won it once, uh, hadn't. And then the worst part about it, he got injured shortly before One Night Stand 2005. And, you know, let's talk about RVD. I wouldn't have watched DCW if not for Rob Van Dam. So really? I personally, yes, RVD was, really, was yeah. my guy. If in ECW, if yeah. he was almost the Shawn Michaels of ECW to me, and I don't, okay, no coincidence, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler. He had that same kind of look, just coupled with a lot more athleticism. Nothing against Shawn Michaels, but he could not do some of the stuff Rob Van Dam did. And you know, RVD was hitting full splits doing some really extreme things, but making them look pretty while he was doing them, which was just an art in itself. And so when One Night Stand was coming up, I was like, oh my God, we're going to get to see RVD. Like RVD is going to headline this show. I know it. He's going to, you know, he, he has to. There's no other guy that can headline the show. And then he went down with an injury. So it sucked. Oh, and, and, and he says it. He says yeah. in his promo, you know, uh, which is great because it was one of the first times in you know WWE timeline that you got to hear RVD talk, and he basically you know he did a shoot interview. He said, you know, this is worse than than missing WrestleMania. Uh, he you know he he says it. This is worse than missing Wrestle friggin' Mania, and you could tell he meant every word of that. Um, well, worse than missing uh, Booker T's wedding. Booker T's wedding. <laughs> the way he says it though. Is so great. We it's it's like an inside joke amongst us, right? At this point, because he doesn't say it's worse than missing Booker T's wedding. He's like, this is worse than Booker T's wedding that I missed. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like sounds like Booker T's wedding was shit. You know, <laughs> but um, which also let's talk about a line. Uh, go back a little bit. A line that got messed up, uh, or maybe you didn't think about it too much when Kurt Angle was it was promoing, right. and the crowd's going, "You suck, dick. You suck, dick," and. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle proceeds to respond with, your mother taught me how. Yeah. <laughs> Angle, man. And it's like, wait, did you just think about what you just said? <laughs> he like had like that Tyson moment. <laughs> <laughs> I will eat your children. Praise be to Allah. It's like, I, I fuck you till you love I'll me. You you yeah, love you're me. like, what? Wait, well, hold oh, on. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, when you come out of this, please go watch some Tyson interviews as well because that man... Uh, said some of the most controversial stuff I've ever heard in my life. I'm pretty sure I learned how to curse because of Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, but anyway, RVD cuts, you know, one of the best promos, if not the best promo of the night, uh, and very emotional. And then right as he's, you know, talking about having to miss, you know, one night stand out comes Rhino and Rhino hits him with a gore. 
which <laughs> which is crazy because again he had just had like knee surgery i'm sure he was not cleared to do that and they just said fuck it let's do it um also a month before if anyone's forgetting this timeline rhino was actually released from his wwe contract so rhino was no longer a wwe employee and he out he came you know during one night stand he was the last ecw champion i think that would have been a hell of a match uh rhino versus rvd if if rvd was healthy oh yeah it's a shame he was you know the guy that sort of got the ball rolling goes out with an injury yeah probably would have been maybe main eventing the pay-per-view what was awesome is then the lights go out in true ecw fashion remember they didn't have money to do the surprise certain surprises and pyro and stuff but what they could do is cut off the lights and have somebody cool be in the ring when the lights went back up uh so in this case it comes back on sabu standing there with his pose classic pose with the finger in the air the original chic pose and uh off to the races they were with an impromptu match which was perfect for ecw yeah, no, this is this is a cool little surprise thing they, they had in there. You know, Sabu's hitting the spots off the chairs, going nuts. And it's it wouldn't Sabu be a Sabu can. match. If Sabu hits all of his moves perfectly, it's not a Sabu match. Uh, <laughs> in true Sabu fashion, he messes up a couple times and you love him for it. Um, even the Arabian skull crusher he hits at the end, uh, he kind of misses <laughs> and he lands through the table more than a than uh, rhino does uh but it's great it's great it was everything you wanted out of a sabu match um i loved every second of it um then you know right afterwards you have the raw crusaders coming in um and the raw crusaders i I call them the raw crusaders but they might as well have been the wcw crusaders because they were headed up by eric bischoff and that's if you don't know ecw ECW was basically founded on the bitterness that everybody had for WCW. And Eric Bischoff was freaking Satan uh, to everybody in ECW. So the fact that, you know, coincidentally, the Raw GM was Eric Bischoff, uh, it did it it did it wonders. Um, and they just went up and joined the SmackDown crew who was already having a whole bunch of heat. Um and then, you know, as they join, we get to our next match, which was Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. Another one of your favorites. <sighs> I didn't like this match. You didn't like you know, the I, match, though. So we're not here to talk about anything about their lives or what would happen shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um, but Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero was one of the classic matches of ECW. The problem I had with this match is that Eddie Guerrero had just turned heel maybe like three weeks before this pay-per-view. And so it was really hard. It was going to be really hard for him to just come out in the old school, you know, red, white, and blue kind of tights that he would wear and be what he was in ECW because he had to portray this heel character. So sure enough, he comes out and he's in his heel character and he's just like stoic and, you know, not true to anything ECW. That's the problem I had is like, it was, I get it because they were in a tough spot. It kind of, do you remember when we talked about SmackDown 1000, it was kind of like Randy Orton's a heel. Now he kind of had to play as a, something where he was kind of shitting on the members of evolution in their reunion. Uh, Yeah. That's kind of what Eddie was doing. But like, to me, Eddie, 
Um, I don't know. He could have done a little bit more than just being his WWE character. I don't know. Just to sort of brought the brought the match down for you a little bit. I think so because it was like watching a WWE match. Um, Do you think the crowd reacted a little weird to it since it probably felt like a WWE match? I I don't know, and I I I I really don't because you know again people were booing Eddie and you know it's just a normal match. Not to say that it was a bad match whatsoever, but in 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 the course of this pay per view, it was just a match. That I was like, I don't even know why this match is here, right? Um, the, one of the highlights of this match, though, you can hear a lot of people chanting uh, to Edge at this time. <laughs> you know, like Edge and and Lita, who's right next to him, like things like Lita's got herpes and all of this. Like it's like they were really going for her because of that. You know, the whole cheating on matt hardy kind of thing storyline yeah. Uh, yeah so they just like, they just you, really you gave that, it to her yeah do you think that stuff is sort of crossing the line uh i remember it's, i remember us talking about that one um that one that i can't remember who it was who was the wrestler was involved but they were like somebody shouts out like slut or something like randomly it's like right. whoa like, like, like did, did that kind of have that same feel to it or was no it, like, and i don't know if i'm biased because i don't know like everything goes in an ecw crowd to me because they would say that but they would also say other things to the men too so it was like ecw is a hostile environment where you're they're gonna say anything to everybody whereas like it's different when in 2018 you have a, a guy just that for no reason go slut like it, it has nothing to do with the storyline it has nothing to do with anything at least this was a, a storyline there she's an ecw she cheated on matt hardy and you know they're kind of just giving her shit you know so right. I, I don't know it's different that that was heat more so than like the other ones almost like this guy's just a dick to women if, if that makes sense <laughs> you know <laughs> um but you know, maybe maybe it's because I have ECW bias. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you you have uh, Joel Gertner coming back up during this time, and begging, I think when he begged Eric Bischoff for a job, and uh, Eric Bischoff just like poured his drinko uh, all over him <laughs> and stuff, and poor Joel Gertner. I was pissed off that we didn't get a Joel Gertner per, uh, promo. Can't I can't say that five times fast? Joel Gertner promo. Um, because, oh my God, he just, he would say some really vile things, but let's, (laughs) but let's get on, uh, you know, something that we skipped and I I do want to talk about it. You know, there was a time they had the pit bull Gary Wolf and he showed all the people that had been lost, um, all the people that had, had passed away, uh, former ECW wrestlers. And I remember we watched it back and I had to remind you that this was literally, Maybe just a couple of weeks after uh, Chris Candido died, and uh, yeah, you were telling me like the crowd just keeps chanting his name, you know, through the whole yeah, through package. the whole video package, and then you know they cut back, you know, they finally show him at the end, and uh, the crowd's just like almost like an emotional chant. They're saying Chris Candido, Chris Candido, and uh, it's kind of man, it, that was emotional because it was just like again he. And it, I want you all to understand how tragically he died. He had wrestled uh, in a TNA, uh, TNA lockdown, I think it was, 
with his man, uh, the group he was managing at the time, the Naturals, and he went for a dropkick, broke his leg, and it's oh. he broke his leg. Like I mean, that it, it's wrestling; it happens. He goes and gets some surgery, and he's on the on the bend, and then he gets a blood clot and dies. And that's how sudden it was. It was like 24 hours after surgery, you know, he, he passes away. And it's like, you know, what do you mean Chris Candido died? You know, it, it would be different. I hate to say it'd be different if it was a drug overdose or a this or the, a that. You'd almost be like, oh, like I can understand it. Like it, it's tragic, but I can understand. But like this was just like a normal thing, you know, uh, that, sh- that can show you that shows you how fragile life can be. Uh, without getting too somber about it. But yeah, the, the crowd was really feeling that. Um, now let's get into back into the matches because we're coming on to what I felt was the match of the night. Now, we've this is a match we watched multiple times. Right? Religiously. Yeah. Religiously. <laughs> like we put on the event just to watch this match. And um, let me give you some backstory because I, I have to explain. Mike Awesome was the ECW champion in uh, early 2000. He accepted a contract from Eric Bischoff to go to WCW and basically, you know, break his handshake deal. Cause remember there weren't no actual contracts back then. This was the time period where, you know, especially with ECW, your word was your bond. And uh, he broke that deal, which that's why (laughs) he left to WCW. And he was, you know, there were rumors that he was going to throw the ECW title down on TV. You know, they put a squash to that. They put by basically sending lawyers and saying, you you know, take the title back. We're going to take our title back. Um, But anyway, that, that leads us into the match. And Mike Awesome comes in and Joey Styles just completely shoots on him and just says things about like, you know, he wasn't, you know, a millionaire, but he was making six figures. And then this Judas goes to eat, you know, goes to WCW and threatens to throw down their title. He's a piece of crap. He's a this. And he just completely goes off on Mike Awesome for breaking this verbal contract that he had with ECW. And that's to tell you, like, that sting did not go away but five years later. Right. And Masato Tanaka, uh, Tanaka comes out, banged up already. He's got scars all over his body. Tanaka's a, one of the toughest son, sons of bitches in the wrestling business. Uh, but they start fighting. Awesome goes for a suicide dive. And uh, it's so cringeworthy to hear Joey Styles say this now. But again, remember, he's angry at uh, Mike Awesome. So he, he goes for the, the suicide dive and he hits it. And Joey Styles says, and it's a shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life. <laughs> Because he hit a suicide dive. The reason it's cringeworthy is because not even two years later, Mike Awesome would hang himself. So, yeah. So, absolutely nuts. You know what? He almost had to say it's just such an ECW thing to have done. I mean, you couldn't have known that. You know the guy was gonna take his life like that. No, I know, I, I know, I know. Yeah, I, and I don't hold it against Styles, and nor should anybody. But you know, again, it's just awkward to watch it back when he hits the okay. suicide dive, and he goes, "It's a shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life." Uh, it's just weird to watch. But right. getting back into the match, 
brutal one match, of, man. One of the chair most shots. physical matches oh, I've ever seen in my life. Uh, chair shots off the cranium. A match that will never ever happen again because of the you know we've evolved in sports medicine. We're aware of the effects. <laughs> of, those guys are all concussed. <laughs> yeah, it's, that I mean, I mean that you know that match matches like that could have contributed into awesome doing what he did. But let's not get into that. I don't want to be negative about this match. Um, it's it just brutal, just absolutely brutal match. I know you've seen people go through tables, and you it, it's a normal thing. But one of the spots in this match just makes me go, I have never seen that in a match before. And it's Mike Awesome's on the turnbuckle, and he does a powerbomb with Masato Tanaka yeah. on, a, on a broken table. So Masato Tanaka's head just bounces off of this broken table, and it's the most brutal thing I've ever seen. Uh, Masato Tanaka took a pounding in that. He gets a powerbomb off the apron. Um, this match was so true to form to some of their amazing battles in ECW because these are two rivals like in ECW that I loved watching these matches. If I wasn't watching RVD versus Jerry Lynn, I was watching Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka, and they always had hard-hitting matches. I always respected the hell out of them. So even though Mike Awesome was a piece of crap for going to WCW the way he did, I could never disrespect the man. And then the worst part, the ending of the match, he power bombs uh, Masato Tanaka from the from the ring to a table on the outside, which would have been good enough. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he then proceeds to do another suicide dive, you know, over the top rope onto Masato Tanaka. The worst part about it, he <clears throat> throughout this whole match, he's fine that spot he clips his knee dislocates it oh, and man. then lands on masato tanaka <laughs> on was it worth it was it worth it match so he messed up his knee um and then lands on tanaka wins the match another thing because again if you watch this on the network you might get confused so i want to explain this this is what happened live i vividly remember it so you have referee jim molino in the match okay and he's kind of admonishing Mike Awesome. They're showing all the replays. They cut back. And when they cut back, Jim Molino's on the floor. And you're kind of like, what the hell happened? Like the announcers are even like silent because they're just kind of confused. And then um, they show the replay of Mike Awesome power bombing Jim Molino. And Mick Foley's like, oh, like, oh, like, oh my God, that's what happened. <laughs> If you go back and watch it on the network, they made the poor decision to cut back from the replays earlier and show the power bomb the first time. The reason it's an unfortunate decision is because there's no reaction from the commentary team. So it's like they show it and he gets power bombed and it's like uh, And so what? then they show the replay and then it's like, "Oh, okay." And Again, it's like, yeah, why did like they, they go back left and it. edit that? Yeah, why did they do that for? Because I feel like they wanted the fans to not under, to, to understand, like, oh, this is what happened. But they showed a replay. They should have just left it as is. I think it would have been more true to form the ECW to leave it. Yeah. Um, and it, it, yeah, like I said, I know it's something so simple, but I didn't like that they edited that. And, um, 
just it, it took away from it. It took away from it to me um, on an otherwise great match. Uh, but poor Jim Molyneux uh, just completely takes the power bomb from hell from uh, <laughs> from Mike Awesome. So how about we get now to what is I guess the the main event? You're skipping something. You're skipping something big, actually, because before we get in the main event, we have uh, Paul oh, Haney right. come out. Paul E, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Paul E comes out, and uh, you know he does um, a very emotional speech where he's thanking people, Todd Gordon, and you know, getting really emotional, and then he goes. He turns to the balcony where he, where the SmackDown and Raw stars are, and he goes, "But I have something to say to you," and he just completely zings everybody, and he basically said, "You know, this is not Paul Heyman uh, tucking his tail between his legs and go, showing up at a WCW reunion show. This is Eric Bischoff showing up in ECW's house, bitch." <laughs> you know, nice. and. He turns to Edge and he says, like a like little zinger, he's like, hide your wives, it's Edge. <laughs> you know, and you know, he says, I got two words for you. And he and remember, he was released at this time. So this is very uh, yeah. controversial. Uh he'd been fired. So he goes, I got two words for you. Matt freaking Hardy. And then the best part is I think like a couple people are looking at Edge and they're holding up three fingers because he said Matt freaking Hardy. So he's like, yeah. three, like, you know, just stupid little sophomore things like that. Uh, but again, very controversial. And then, you know, they're like, we want Matt. We we want Matt. So this might be the, the starting of Matt Hardy getting rehired in WWE. Okay, yeah. And then the one of the best lines, and I think the line that's remembered <laughs> the most from this promo yeah. Is he turns to JBL and he says, the only reason that JBL, you know, the only reason that you were champion for a year was because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, just JBL does like, you know, like where Edge did a spit take, JBL does like the, you know, what, what do you call it? What's the show? Elizabeth, Elizabeth, you know. Our uh, Macho Man. What? No, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. No. Oh. No, Sanford and Son, bro. Oh. <laughs> no, like literally, like Sanford and Son, like Elizabeth. This is the big one. Oh, like, oh a heart right, attack. Right, 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 right. No, he wasn't going Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was doing do 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 do. But anyway. So now let's get to the main. I can't believe you didn't know what Sanford and Son was. No, I, I, I don't know what, I, what I'm thinking about right now. I, I guess it's the what way he said thinking? it. No, it was like what, the way, way he said it. it no, let me, think. What are you thinking? Because Saturday, this past Saturday, I invited you over to hang out a little bit. Maybe even you know record the podcast. I'm like, cool, I got some time. And then you tell me, like, oh, I'm busy. And then it, I realized later on in the night, like, holy crap, isn't it the uh, UFC event tonight? And I text you, hey, are you at the UFC event? Or is like, oh, what's going on? You're like, yeah. So let me no, ask you a question. No, 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 no. I meant like, <clears throat> I meant like yeah, the, the event was tonight or was Saturday so, so, night, but I wasn't, I wasn't home. So, why so I wasn't you, like available. 
why didn't you invite me over to watch uh, UFC with you? Why do you think that, you know, do you think that I just like wrestling and don't like other things as well? <laughs> no, I, I didn't have it to, to, to watch. I, I, was, I wasn't home. That's why I was just saying, yeah, like, the events do you think i believe you not, for a minute not available <laughs> i guess yeah then, how i worded it was was weird but i would say yeah to like yeah the event is on but i'm not like available to to watch it you know and there's something else i wanted to address let me let me read this to you you know tonight this is from tonight i said hey let me know when you're ready i said okay you said i'm on now yeah i said okay give me like 10 minutes and you said take 20 yeah I forgot to just give you give you that extra ten minutes, man. So you had to do. Did did you masturbate in that time? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. You sure? I, I should this have. Is the ECW, but, uh, this no, is the ECW podcast. Yeah, you're allowed to say these things, Brandon, because <laughs> the fact that I said I need ten minutes, you're like, uh, give me twenty. You know, it's a little suspect. No, nah. <laughs> I was just saying it to give you more time so you didn't feel rushed because I didn't know what you were doing. Like I, because I hit you up like. A good 10 20 minutes after you said do you, think, you know do you really think that i believe that you were trying to be generous with my time yeah i was because i messed up i didn't see the text at first and i was like oh crap you know what it probably was you probably weren't even home yet so when you said i'm oh i'm on now you knew i would respond with like give me a couple minutes you're like oh just take 20 because it was going to take you 20 minutes to get home <laughs> So now no, I thought you were, I thought you were ready to go. You shut your mouth. Instead of being <laughs> instead of being late now, what you've decided to do is manipulate me to make you to make me believe that you're early and then show up late to the podcast. I, am I correct in saying this, Brad? <laughs> no, I was setting up. I, I was getting my stuff set up. And then setting what up? I was like, you're not you don't even have a microphone stand right now. No, no, no. no. Like I had to plug it in. Look, where's your microphone on. stand? I don't have the microphone stand with me right now. So what are you setting up? But I had to plug it in and get the computer set up. I had to get the oh. computer plugged in, and you know. Oh, he lies yeah. about everything. And I had to pull up. I had to pull up the uh, the browser see, and all that stuff. Did you see what I bought you? By the way, did you see that I bought you the cheapest orange soda that I possibly could? Dude, the great value orange soda. This is fantastic. I'm excited about this, man. Uh, if I ever get to get get any of it. Well, I, I might say, just go buy some on my own. <laughs> I was gonna say come over tomorrow, but then I realized like the reason we haven't I haven't actually physically seen you in like two weeks because you know we've not watched the Christmas episodes and the obviously the New Year's episode tomorrow together. Oh, we missed the uh yeah, the Christmas and the and the New Year's. That's why we're doing an EZW episode because we're not caught up in wrestling there, Brandon. We'll we'll be caught up, man. Look, they're they're taping shows right now. You know, we'll we'll get through this, and then they're taping shows, the... and they're trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they'll they'll get on the road to mania. We'll we'll get some quality shows coming, hopefully. Yeah, and all the reviewers are going to be like, "Oh, I see the WWE's just gone right back to what they were doing, not realizing like these are taped shows, so that the guys can be with their families. There's, these aren't going to be the best shows anyway, so whatever." Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, plus you got all the bowl games going on. It's, there's just a lot going right, on right there's, now. So. There's too much going on this time of yeah. year. And I mean, it's give them a little break, guys. Like let them let them do it. Uh we'll pick right back up uh the following week, right into the rumble season. Yeah, I can't believe I freaking forgot to mention that that part. Yeah, the whole uh Paul Hammond uh promo. Uh yeah, right before we 
getting to the main event of the card. Yeah, you're gonna go to the main event and skip the Paul Heyman stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we could have talked. You're the Eric Dampier. You're the Eric the Dampier of this episode. Yeah. Oh man, I'm falling out hard, man. I'm shooting right underneath the basket. <laughs> no one, no one even finds that funny. Like that's just that's just a joke for us at this point. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Try, try him out. Try playing with Dan Pierre. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if you need a copy of like NBA 2K9, comment on this episode. I will send you a copy of NBA 2K9, and I will and play as the Miami Heat with Eric Dan Pierre. <laughs> try to go for a simple layup slash dunk. Right. Just hit a normal button. Put it on like two button layout and just see <laughs> oh, how crappy he is. Oh, hell, we'll break loose. <laughs> oh man so yeah anyway so now we're, we got getting into the main event we got the Dudleys uh, going up against Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman or then we have all these you know hey, wait, let me cut you off there because I know you're <laughs> about to mention all the other people that, that came up uh, let's talk about the fact that the Dudleys hadn't been seen in like half a year at this point um they were on SmackDown 2004. They were doing this heel run, and then creative had nothing for them, and they were they were gone at this point. They were not around. Uh, they came back, and Bubba Ray was a lot more Jack than he used to be, and they pointed that out. They came back in the tie-dye, and this might have been their last appearance for the WWE up until their return uh, in 2000. Uh, what year was that? 2016. So th- there was a while. This was the Dudleys wow. left the WWE a, a short short time after this. So, you know, they come out and they're looking better than ever, and we were all excited. And then, you know, something that was going on in the internet at this time was a lot of people were like, "What are they going to do for the Sandman? Like, is he going to come out to enter Sandman? What, what's going on?" And a lot of people were like, "Well, I hear they got Motorhead to do the, you know, their version of Enter Sandman." And all this, all this stupid crap, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was yeah, it was like because people were scared, you know, like what the hell is he gonna use? And then all of a sudden, Metallica hits the dun 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 dun, and the place erupts because I don't think anybody expected, you know, them to actually fork over the money for Enter Sandman. And uh, yeah, that was a moment, man. The uh, watching the original bar, uh, broadcast because it's dubbed over on the other releases, but. Watching the original Ooh. broadcast and uh, him coming out, Enter Sandman, and the, everybody singing it, and it's it, it gives you goosebumps to watch. and And I think it's on YouTube. Uh, if you just pull up Sandman One Night Stand 2005 entrance, you'll see the original. Um, great stuff, just great stuff. Oh yeah, man! And then like before it even starts off, you get the freaking BWO coming out to the ring. It's true. Uh, yeah, the BWO hits the ring. Uh, you know, you got. Steve Richards, Blue Mini, Hollywood Nova, uh, pretty good stuff. You get, you know, Balls Mahoney, Axel Rotten coming out. Uh, Kid, Kid Cash, Cash comes out. Yes. And then as soon as uh, Kid Cash came out and all that, I was like, I know what's about to happen. And then sure enough, they all, you know, congregate on the floor. And Kid Cash is looking out and he goes for one of his famous dives off the top rope, you know, a, a flipping senton essentially. And dives straight onto stage dives right onto the, all the all the other guys who catch him, which is one of the safest like spots if you really think about it. 
Like right. it's a whole bunch of dudes to catch him, but it's just such a good visual. Um, and it's so cool. I don't see guys hit that, that anymore. Um, but yeah, super cool, super cool. And I think, uh, you know, I think Joey Styles when the BWO came out, he he said something about Simon Dean, you know, because uh, Simon, yeah, he says uh, that's more painful than having to be Simon Dean on WWE TV, uh, you know, because that's what he was doing at the time. Which again, it was cool. It's like you know, here's a guy who's doing a completely different character on WWE TV, and they let him be Hollywood Nova uh, for ECW. <laughs> so Brandon, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to you. What'd you think about this match? I you know I thought it was great, man. It was like Crash TV, just hardcore ECW stuff, man. You had the freaking cheese grater, you had the ladders coming out, then you had the freaking flaming table spot. I mean, come on, it's everything you want in a hardcore match. You can't go wrong with that, man. And and that's why I wanted you to talk about it because for some reason, like I was never really a big fan of this match. <laughs> And uh, I don't have a good reason why. Like, it wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. It was a very good match. Uh, I think I was scorned because I was like, I wanted RVD in the main event. So, like, maybe I just looked back on this badly. Um, but it was a good match. It, it was a good match. Um, you know, uh, it was very barbaric. A lot of good stuff. Oh, you know, Flaming yeah. Table was awesome. Uh, Tommy, especially Tommy Dreamer going through, you know, how apropos, um, you know, Sandman, it was just great. It was just great stuff, man. It was great stuff. And then of course the end with the, the big brawl that ended up happening. Yeah. So this is cool. So you get the WWE guys coming down into the ring. They're brawling with, uh, yeah, they finally, they finally make their way through the crowd. And they start brawling with the. They do. They have a standoff with the ECW guys, uh, which was freaking awesome. It built up, and uh, they just all all go at it. And uh, if you look, uh, one thing I want to point out: if you look at the footage closely, uh, you'll see JBL just stop and start looking, and he's looking for the blue meanie, and he just starts to beat the shit, legitimately beat the Damn. shit with the blue meanie, like busting him open hard way. And um, I think the yeah. Why? What? What the hell? Did they just? You just didn't like him? Did he have heat like for a while? Yeah, I remember the Blue Meanie was in the WWF in 1999 mm-hmm. uh, when JBL was in the APA, and, and I think he beat the crap out of him then, like not Damn. legitimately, but you know, I guess he just rubbed them the wrong way. You know, the kind of thought like this fat piece of crap is in our business, you know, kind of thing. I, I think it was just something like that, and uh, he busted open hard way. Um, kind of crazy at that point jbl was drunk be- and the reason i know that if you go watch um the one night stand dvd that first came out they have audio commentary there and it's a mic on jbl and as the matches go on he gets drunker and drunker and drunker to the point where he's like slurring his words by the end of the night so you get a drunk jbl beating the crap out of the blue meanie uh which is kind of crazy to think about yeah um, and then so messed up. Yeah, like, yeah now oh, I got man. a chance to just get my licks in. <laughs> right. There's nothing can do about it. It's exactly. And then the ECW originals, they do come out on top in the sprawl. Oh, um, we get freaking Austin 
that was just going to say, you know, I should mention before that uh, Austin, you know, because the the reason that happened was the Sandman was asking for a beer. He's like, I need a beer. Give me someone. Give me a beer. And then I'll come Stone Cold, you know, to give him a beer. Um, Of course, I think it was cool that, you know, again, if this remember, this was intended to be the one and only ECW reunion show. It was cool that the last, you know, things that you see. Uh, are basically Eric Bischoff taking all of the finishers. You know what I mean? Again, ECW hated Eric Bischoff, so how apropos. And then, you know, Austin goes, you know, what do you think you about the event? And he puts the mic to Bischoff, who's, you know, supine on the floor. And Bischoff, you know, in, you know, in his infinite ego, he goes, fuck ECW, like while getting his ass kicked. And then so he's like, oh, yeah, and he gives him a Stone Cold Stunner. And that's how he ends the show. You know, so again, I think I think it was cool. You know, the, the show ends with like, you know, all of them kind of celebrating and stuff. And uh, it was a really feel good moment, uh, really good show. And to this day, I still have to pinch myself. Like, was this an event that I actually saw? It feels like a fever dream. <laughs> like, it just came together so perfectly. Right. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely. Um, I, I guess it's one of my, you know, top WWE pay per views, you know, that, that they've done, which is, you know, funny since it's for another, you know, brand, but uh, it's still one of their, you know, crazier pay per views. Um, I, I, you know, I hate to sort of let the crowd sort of influence, you know, wh- what I think of the card or what I think of certain matches, but you know, the crowd the way sort of the crowd interacts or the way they, you know, but why during, during shows, you. let me interrupt you and say, why, why do you feel like you shouldn't let a crowd uh, influence you? Because to me, the biggest thing, the biggest drawback of today's day and age is that we have too many people that are smart marks and they don't let themselves react emotionally to wrestling and right. knowing that it's fake and just having a genuine reaction because i think crowd plays a lot into it i mean remember i talked about a couple episodes ago Shawn michaels announced his comeback and the crowd was dead and right. it made it feel like lesser of a moment so well, right I mean, yeah that's exactly what i mean like i like i don't want the the what the crowd is doing necessarily to affect my enjoyment of the event or of the matches so it's like even though so say two guys are you know they're putting on a match it's like oh this match is a five star match but the crowd's sitting on their hands and so that sort of brings everything down right and so it's like yeah I, I hate I hate to have you know let the crowd influence me in any way of you know in, in enjoyment of the card but you know you you just you it's just natural when you see a crowd like this yeah you you realize just how much you know a hot crowd sort of enhances your enjoyment of a show no matter what you know, i want going you to i want you to imagine that the crowd wasn't as loud as they were this night the show wouldn't have meant anything um if they weren't singing you know enter sandman if they weren't chanting you know lita has herpes you know if they weren't <laughs> if they weren't saying all these things it wouldn't have been an ecw crowd but that's what made ecw so special is that its crowd was as interactive uh, as the wrestlers, you know, the crowd was a part of the show too. You know, I've never seen in a, uh, a wrestling company where the fans were as important to the show as wrestlers. You know, it, it the chance, you know, th- put it this way: there's the o- it's the only 
uh, company that gets its initials chanted. Like, really think about that. Like, you don't go yeah. to a WWE show and hear WWE, WWE. <laughs> you don't hear, you know, you don't hear WCW, WCW. There was another little company that tried to do their initials. Oh, yeah, baby. But no, in all seriousness, ECW, uh, the fans chant the initials ECW, ECW, ECW. And like, they chant it with as much passion as humanly possible. And they chanted other shows. They go to other shows and chant ECW, ECW. So um, it says a lot. The crowd, I think the crowd is the greatest part of ECW, um, even more so than the wrestlers. And that says something. The ECW crowd was something very special. And if you didn't get to live that, uh, you don't know what I'm talking about. But this show gave you a, a nice little sample of what, what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, it's like it's hard to recreate that stuff, you know. You you know you can try it with something like NXT. I mean, you know, they they try to get there, but it's just, no. There you, you go. Know, That's a good something example. about it. That yeah. That's a good example. NXT gets its initials chanted. The crowd uh, in NXT very very much influences that show. Right. And you know that's that has its origins from ECW. You know the small little crowd that sounded like it was a hundred thousand people. You know, I, I hate going to WWE events now and having a crowd that doesn't participate. And then the moment you try to participate, they look at you like you're stupid. It's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I paid a couple hundred dollars to actually kind of get lost in the event, you know? So it's like, I feel like people need just need to have that sort of fun. I know the NXT crowd gets uh, shit on nowadays because it's like, they're like, oh, they try to become part of the show too much. And it's like, oh, let them. I get, trust me, I get what they're saying, but like, just let them, it, 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 it's better than them not doing anything. I give an example. I was watching NXT this week and you can tell it was the last show of the tapings or something. Cause the crowd was dead. It was Io Shirai versus, uh, Lacey, Bianca Belair and somebody else I'm missing here. And I apologize that I'm missing them, but they came out and they were dead. The crowd was dead. And I was like, I almost had to turn the volume up. I was like, are they not into this match or, or what? Like what, what's going on? Like Io Shirai comes out and the crowd's dead. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's, you would think you that Io Shirai's a thing. jobber, right? Yeah. You would think Io Shirai's a jobber though. Like when she comes out though, it's just the crowd influences a lot. Like the, the crowd, you know, Masato Tanaka comes out and the crowd erupts and you're like, who the <laughs> hell is this guy? This guy's awesome. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They were pretty much jacked the, that entire card uh, the whole night. You know, there wasn't any really big dip or drop off. And I guess the show was put together well, too. Um, they used their time wisely. But yeah, um, I'm going to definitely going to remember that uh, this, this pay per view for that. And uh, I'll probably watch it over again, you know, later down the road. One of the few, you know, pay per views or matches that I'll, that I'll sort of watch back again. <laughs> very nice speaking of speaking of jacked i did jack something off of flashback wrestling's uh page that i wanted to talk about real quick before we go off air um on, on his social media uh wesley's social media he posted something of perry saturn from wcw uh jumping onto a table and completely missing and it looks really fake and uh it was like christmas eve or two or a day or two before and i decided to have fun with this so somebody comments, this is fake. Like, you know, one of those guys who like comments on wrestling pages that's like thinks he's cool by pointing out that wrestling's fake and how do you watch this crap? 
So I decide to have fun with it. His name's Seth. So he goes, this is fake. And I go, no, it's not. Wrestling's completely real. <laughs> and he comments, bro, in all caps. It's all planned and choreographed. They're just actors and very strong actors. <laughs> and then my response is, there's no way, dude. You're probably going to tell me that Santa isn't real, too. <laughs> and then uh, Wesley says, like, laughing my fucking ass off right now, dude. And this guy's not catching on. And he goes, bro, uh, this is Seth. He goes, bro, you better be kidding about the Santa thing or you're proper sad. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trolling. I, I say, Seth, hey, I'm excited that he's going to be leaving a present under my tree tonight. You're probably just, you probably just haven't been a good boy this year and you're getting a lump of coal. And he, go, and he goes, yeah, if you're lucky, you can get a fake ass wrestling belt to match the fake franchise. Uh, yeah. And then my ass gets more ridiculous. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've held a wrestling belt. It's definitely real. Not an imaginary thing whatsoever. <laughs> and then he goes, bro, it's a real belt from a, a fake franchise. And I'm like, yeah, but you said it was a fake wrestling belt. Now you're contradicting yourself. <laughs> and then you stop replying. But <laughs> me and Wesley, me and Wesley were just having so much fun with this. Like he was like, I think this guy thinks you're serious, which was the best part about it. Uh, he, he definitely thought I was serious <laughs> at first. And I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. Uh, but that was that's how I spent my Christmas Eve. How did you spend your Christmas, Brandon? <laughs> oh man, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. Uh, I went to a strip club on Christmas Day uh, when I was like twenty-one. Shoot, go ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we were out to this field. We uh, got in the mud. We're taking some quaaludes. Are you like saying the plot line from a movie right now? What's going on here? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, edit, edit this out. That was that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brandon, so what did you do? You went to a strip club on Christmas Day? No, no, I didn't. I didn't get to go to, go to a strip club on Christmas Day. You know, I just you know did the normal Christmas thing. You know. Watch the normal Christmas, Christmas movies, thing? you know, sing some uh, Christmas songs to myself. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, d definitely a Christmas story, man. Really? The classic. Classic, man. Do you know what mine is? With the Christmas story. No, I guess what mine is. Uh, Jingle All the Way with uh, Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger. Look at that. <laughs> Jamie, I'm trying to find you a Tobo Man. I can't find Tobo Man. And of course, it's wrestling related because the big show's in that movie. Oh crap! Yeah, I'm I can go back. I'm gonna deck your halls. <laughs> he says it in the same monotone way that Bob Holly says, "I'm gonna break your neck." Oh man! <laughs> Speaking of uh, wrestlers and film, man, did you get to see uh, Bumblebee? I have not seen Bumblebee yet. Uh, oh, okay, I don't plan on seeing it. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, not really excited. I like the trans. I I stopped watching Transformers once Megan Fox left. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can we talk about <laughs> something? Can we talk about something that should have been really obvious, but I'm just catching it now. Yeah. What's up? So you know, uh, on the last episode, we talked about heavy machinery coming to WWE, and it's uh, Tucker Knight and uh, Otis Dozovic. Oh yeah, yeah. So Otis Dozovic, they 
his nickname is Dozer. And it makes sense. His last name is Dozovic. But it just hit me why his nickname is Dozer. Like Bulldozer. Oh, you didn't. That was like, it's so yeah. stupid. But it's like one of those things where it does not click sometimes. And you're like, wait, heavy machinery? Bulldozer. It was that like me you... with the Elizabeth thing. Right. It's like you with the Elizabeth. And yeah. like, oh, yeah, the Macho Man. Here's another one for you, actually. I, I don't know if you know or not. Um, what was Bret Hart's nickname? Bret the Hitman Hart. Hitman, right? What was his finisher? Sharpshooter. Think about that. The sharpshooter. The excellence yeah. of execution. The Hitman. All of these things related. The Hitman, the sharpshooter. It's like that little arrow next the gaslight in your car that right. tells you what yes. side the uh, gas so pump like, goes into. It's like, it's like that arrow. Like if you listeners on air right now, if you don't realize, go to your car when you're ready to drive, or go to your mom and dad's car. I don't know how young you are right now. Go to the car and go look at the gaslight. There's a little arrow that points to which side your gas tank is on, and every car has it. And the minute you realize it, you know. It blows your mind because you're like, you know, gone are the days where you get out the car and kind of search. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's actually something that shows you what side of the, the car the gas tank's on. Brandon, you found that out, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, now I use it all the time. Now I don't have to guess. <laughs> I mean, to continue with the theme of uh, things that you don't realize, but like uh, little stupid things like you know Stone Cold's finisher was called the Stone Cold Stunner, right? Yeah. Why was that? Because it stunned the... No, it's a callback again. Uh, not only is he using Mikey Whipwreck's old finisher, but in WCW, he used to do the old, like, throw them across the ropes, and they, their neck would land on the ropes, and what did he call that? Called the stun gun. Stun gun. Mm. So you have the Stone Cold Stunner. So it's like little little stuff like that. You don't realize. You're like, holy crap. Like, But here's one thing that will never make sense. Hulk Hogan, he had the largest arms in the world, right? Posed, focused on his strength, right? Yeah. What was his finisher? The leg drop. Yeah, that didn't make sense. <laughs> like, why wasn't it like a it's... bear hug? Yeah, it should have been like a rest hold. <laughs> it should have been like a bear or hug or like a like yeah, a break of the eyes or something. Like I don't know. Like it's a leg drop, and it it still to this day bothers me because it's like you do maybe a rear naked choke, right? Rear naked choke, just like choke the crap out of him. Yeah, and that uh, flex. doesn't make sense. But you know, hey, it's one of the greatest finishers in the history of the business. Uh, he had to have hip replacement surgery because of it. <laughs> uh, he probably regrets that now. So, I know we're way off topic now, uh, but just wanted to have a little fun before the episode went off air. Um, we got something exciting. We're actually going to be uh, doing a two-part series here. So, next week, I think we'll cover uh, a little bit more on ECW. We'll talk uh, about One Night Stand 2006, um, as well as a special interview that we might be having with a ECW original. Whoa. So big time, big league, big time in it, Elizabeth. 
this time I'm doing the Macho Man one. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but next week, uh, super excited to have an ECW original uh, on the podcast. So look on our Instagram page. I'll be promoting the crap out of that. And I'll be dropping hints on who that is. All right. Uh, but until next time, please leave us a five-star rating as well as a review on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. And most importantly, thank you for listening to episode 16 of the Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast. The podcast where right now on camera, Brandon's pretty much dozing off. He's about to fall asleep. He's smiling at me like a giddy schoolgirl. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm back at it, man. We're going to sleep good I'm, tonight. We're going to sleep really I'm good. ending the podcast at a perfect time because Brandon is asleep. It is approximately 1230 in the morning and we are old men now. Thank you for listening. Looking forward to episode 17 and continuing our arc, I guess, two-part episode, you can call it, on ECW. Thanks for listening. <laughs>